There are some things in life that are just meant to be. There are some things in life that it doesn't matter what happens, it's just meant to be. And then there are some things in life that are just not meant to be. Um, I thought about some stories to, to explain this. Now, the first one is, it was meant to be. Pastor James Jang has an older brother. Where is James? He's not here. That's okay. I don't need James. The story's not about him anyway. Anyway, <laughs> but his brother should be joining us online. Um, and before I tell you the story, I have to do the disclaimer. I'm not 100% sure if this story is completely accurate, but I'm pretty sure it's about 90% accurate. Anyway, he has an older brother, um, and we'll just call him D. D for Dennis. D. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his older brother is a, a very close friend of mine, and, and we've been doing church together for 16 years now. And like all most single men, uh, there was a time where he thought, you know what, I need to get married. I need to find myself a girlfriend, get engaged, and get married so 11 years ago, 11 years ago, my wife, who is, uh, sometimes she plays this role of matchmaker, right? And I would say that her hit rate is probably less than 50%, <laughs> but that doesn't matter because that's, the matchmaker does, is not the one getting married, right? Anyway, my wife tried to set up my friend, Pastor James' older brother, D, with her friend's older sister, all right? And so, this is when Ben, it was Ben's first birthday. Now, like, please correct me if I'm wrong in this story. I did disclaimer that. And so, Mel invited both of them to come to, you know, our kid's birthday, right? Using it as a matchmaking space, right? And they both knew, they both knew that that was one of the reasons why they were being invited, right? Now, they must have both been nervous, and I, I heard that they were both nervous. But what happened was, and this is the part that it gets a little bit grey, and I'm kind of, I, I sort of, I think this is what happened was, D came on time and was helping out with the birthday party, with the barbecue and everything, and then he had to leave. But the girl came late, not knowing that the guy had to leave early. So what happened was literally... As he was leaving, as Pastor James' brother's leaving the house, she came in, right? And literally at the door, they were like, hi, hi, bye, bye. And that was it. That was it. And then nothing happened, right? That was it. And, you know, we were so disappointed because we had made it all happen and, you know, we put it all together. We even, you know, put a birthday party on for them just so that they could turn up and everything, right? Oh, it was so disappointing. And, and that was it. That moment, it just passed by. Life went on. And funny enough, they actually both moved out of Sydney. But five years after that, Right? And once again, feel free to correct me if my details are wrong. Five years after that, they both end up in Korea at the same church. And they see each other again. 
Is that not what happened? Okay. Let's just go with my story. I think it's cooler, right? <laughs> I knew there was a hole in this story, but it's something like that. Anyway, bottom line, right? Bottom line, they got married, right? Bottom line, right? <laughs> oh, man, this is awesome. Anyway, they got married and they have three beautiful children. They actually moved back to Australia. They live in Gosford. They actually come to our church now every, every second week because they live in Gosford. <laughs> anyway, right? Just one of those things. Right? Just one of those things that was just meant to be. But on the same note, there are things in life it does not matter how hard you try, they just aren't meant to be. This is a story about one of our board members, David Arn. Now, he's not here at the moment, which makes it even funnier. He's, he's one of the pillars of our church community. He leads a life group. He leads the ops ministry. But there's this one thing that he cannot do. For the last nine and a half years of our church, he has tried so hard to join the worship team, the band. And every time he puts his hand up, Pastor James is like, thank you for your application. We'll be in touch with you. And even there were times where there was no one here. There was vacancy, 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 vacancy. And, 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 and David and I thought, this is it. This is my time. And there was no phone call. <laughs> Even to this day. It's a joke, but it's not really a joke, is it? No, Some things are just not meant to be. In the economy of God, I believe that this is exactly the same. There are things... In life, if it is the will of God, no matter what you do, you can't stop it. But if it is not God's will, it doesn't matter what you do, it won't happen. We're in the book of Acts, and Acts chapter 5 is an example of this. And we're going we're gonna to see two things. There are two things that are happening in this story of Acts at the moment. Jesus has died risen and ascended, and the Holy Spirit has come onto the, uh, the apostles and the disciples. And they are the ones now doing ministry. Last week, we saw Peter and John go and heal a man who couldn't walk. They're the ones that are witnessing about Jesus. But not only has that happened, opposition and persecution has also started as well. We're in Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Let's read. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and, their, and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. How crazy is that? Right? They were bringing sick people, 
and put them on the street, not so that Peter could heal them with some magical, you know, uh, power, but that even his shadow, even his shadow that would walk past would heal. And we see this, this amazing scene of miracles happening and healing happening and signs and wonders happening and, and more and more people believing in the name of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus is now in full motion. But we also see that persecution is now in full motion. Verse 17. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the parties of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest... And his associates arrived. They called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent for the jail, sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, The men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The disciples, the apostles, they're they're teaching, they're preaching, they're, they're doing these miracles, and for that, they get arrested. They get arrested for speaking out the name of Jesus, and the persecution is real. I find this story pretty funny, but... It's not funny, but it's funny, right? They get thrown into jail and the angel of the Lord comes, opens the jail and goes, go back and do what you're doing. So they're like, okay. And they just walk out of jail, right? The high priests, you know, they they go and they, they look for the disciples that they put in jail for preaching. And instead of finding them in jail, they find them preaching. The exact same thing that they got thrown into jail for. And we see that there becomes this big argument between the disciples and the high priests, where the high priest says, we gave you strict orders not to teach in the name of Jesus, and you keep doing it. And Peter replies, hey, we have to obey God, not people. And they argue, and they argue, and there's a massive argument. Let's go back to verse 34. But a Pharisee, who's a teacher of the law, named Gamaliel, who was honoured by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. (coughs) Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, 
it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Gamaliel, smart guy, teacher of the law, one of them, one of the people that would be against the disciples, makes a very strong argument. Right? Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose is of activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. If it is the will of God, you cannot stop it. But if it is not the will of God, it will end up as nothing like everyone else. And so they let the disciples go. And on their way, they flogged them, and then they let them go. Verse 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing, because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. See, the irony of the situation was this. Because of this encounter, the Jewish leaders wanted to shut up the disciples but through that encounter, actually, it allowed them and empowered them to go and speak even more freely about the name of Jesus. Because they believed exactly what Gamaliel said, that it was from God. If it was from God, that nothing could stop it. And they were confident that they were coming from God. For the last 2,000 years, now that story is 2,000 years ago. For the last 2,000 years, men and women, nations and empires have tried to destroy the church, have tried to disprove the Bible, break apart the body of Christ. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who profess the name of Jesus have been killed, have been martyred for what they believe because the world believes that what they are talking about is utter rubbish. And yet, 2,000 years on, the church continues to roll on. The gospel continues to be preached. God continues to bring new believers to the family. So we go back to the words of Gamaliel. For if their purpose of activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Now let me ask you this. The work of the church, the work of the gospel, 2,000 years through suffering and persecution, and it still remains. Is this from God or is this from man? It's as real as it gets. 
Friends, what we believe today isn't just a new theory. It's not just a new ideology that came around through the 2000s. But the message of the gospel that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for our sin, resurrected from the dead, and ascended into heaven, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life with him in heaven. This message, the message of the gospel, has stood the test of time through persecutions, through translations, through the uprisings of empires, and yet... And yet, 2,000 years on, the message of the gospel has outlasted every human attempt to destroy it. Why? Because this is from God. What we are a part of as a church, we are one little church in the global church of God. The reason why we even get to do what we do, the reason why you get to turn up here today is because even though there has been so much opposition to the church, it exists because God wills it. This is God's plan. And if it's God's plan, it doesn't matter what we try to do. We can't stop it. One of the things I love about life is the beach. One of the things I love about the beach is I love just sitting there when it's warm. Not today. Sitting there and I love watching the waves come in. Just wave after wave. And um, in my former life, I used to surf. I used to hold a surfboard. <laughs> And walk around the beach. That's what I used to do. And so while I was in, in my former life trying to, you know, be one of those cool Aussie surfies, right? Um, I learned a little bit about the waves. And if you, you know, you do surf ed and you, you learn these things. You learn, you know, certain, there's certain types of waves. And there's rips and there's, you know, where the water comes in and where the water goes out and where you should catch the wave and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right? You learn all these things. And so, you know, I love sitting there just with the beach in front of me and I'm watching wave after wave. And I love watching kids trying to stop the wave. Have you ever seen this? Right? If you look on YouTube, it's usually called funny fails. <laughs> funny fails on the beach, right? People that think in their mind that they can stop the wave. And obviously you and I, we're smart enough to know you cannot stop a wave. You cannot stop a wave breaking on the beach. It doesn't matter who you are, right? It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how, you know, knowledgeable you are about the beach. When the wave's coming in, there's nothing you can do to stop it. So you watch kids, right? They, they're standing, they're trying to, you know, they're bracing themselves, trying to stop it. And you watch them, they just get smashed, you know? And it's, it's funny. It's funny when it's not your kid, you know? It's, that's what it's like when you try to live against the will of God. Friends, there is nothing that will stop God's plans. But you know one thing you can do when that wave's coming in? You can ride it. Oh, one of the greatest days of my life, except the day that I got married except the day that I had kids, and there's a lot of those days, 
was the day I caught my first wave as a surfer. I still remember it was about 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning, Manly Beach. And I was there getting lessons, and I was not healthy enough to actually get on the wave, so I just sort of, I was just lying there, and the instructor had to push my board because I was just too slow. Anyway, I'm on the wave. And I'm like, that's awesome, I'm riding the wave. And the surf instructor goes, stand up. And I was like, that's right, I'm a surfer, I need to stand up. So I finally get up there, bend the knees, find your central position, all of that, right? And it was low tide. And the wave would have gone in 100 meters. And I remember at Manly Beach, if you've ever been there, there's, there's these massive trees. And I just remember riding that wave, and I just, it is one of the greatest feelings ever. It is seriously like there's, there's not too many feelings, you know, that had, you know, that really took my breath away. When you ride the wave of God, when you know that this is exactly what God is doing, and I'm going to get on board that, and you ride that wave, there is no greater feeling. There is no greater feeling knowing that the life that I live is the one exactly that God gave me to live. This is what God wanted for me. There's no feeling greater than that. Do you know what the worst feeling is? Opposing it. Trying to stop it. Trying to live against the will of God. And from God's perspective, how foolish, right? You're trying to stop the wave coming in. You're like, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. doesn't work. You get smashed. Friends, if it's God's will, if it's God's plans, you can't stop it. It doesn't matter who you are. But if it's not God's will, it doesn't matter what you do. It's not going to happen. So knowing this, how do we respond? And we see this in verse 42. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Why? Because that was the mission. Right? Jesus said, go, be my disciples, uh, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Right? That's what they did. That's what Jesus wanted for them, and that's what they did. Praise the Lord. They just got on to the wave of God, the plan that God had for them. So what do we take from this? All right, what do we take from this? Number one, get on board. Get on board. They never stop teaching and proclaim the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. If you understand, if you understand the economy of God, right, if you understand that this is not about my plan, and, and we've really got to move away from this, right? Because I can tell you story after story about how your plans versus God's plans, it does not match up. And as much as I love, and I, wanna, I don't want to burst your bubble, but this life, this, your life is not about you. Our story is not the central story of our existence, but God's story is the central. We just get to be a part of His story. And so if the story of God is to go and witness and teach and proclaim the good news of who Jesus is, then get on board. Because that's when you know. That's when you know you're riding that wave. But too many of us, are we're better at giving excuses than doing the work of God. It's not the right time. 
it's not the right season. I'll do it next year. I need to get a job first. I need to have money first. Please. God never specified what season you need to be in. He said, just go and be a witness in wherever you are. You're a student, go and be a witness to your friends in school. If you're working, go and be a witness to those around you. If you're at home, go and be a witness to your kids, to your parents, to your uncles and aunties. Get on board the mission of God. The plan of God is an active plan. It's been active since the beginning of time. And God invites us to join. So get on board. Number two, be intentional but not forceful. If we truly believe that this is what God wants for us to be witnesses, then we've got to do better at doing that. You know, like any sports person, right? Any sports person, or, uh, okay, let's use gaming. People say I don't use enough examples widely to represent society. Let's use gaming, right? Say you're a pro gamer, right? If you're, if you're going to tell someone, I'm a pro gamer, you better be good at what you do, right? If you're going to say, I'm a pro gamer, you better have the skills to make you better and better and better, right? Because what kind of a pro gamer would just stop at being okay at the game, Right? You know, what kind of a business person is just going to stop when their business is just average? What kind of an athlete is going to stop when they have not mastered their craft? If we are called to be witnesses for Jesus, to share the story of Jesus to those around us, then we better get good at it. I had this thought, and it was a very harrowing thought. We've been doing church here for nine and a half years. And previous to this, you know, some of us, we've been doing church together for 16 years now. Some of us have known each other for 16 years, every Sunday. That's a, that's a lot of Sundays, right? And I had this thought. There are people that for 16 years have been a part of my ministry and have shared the gospel maybe twice. There are still people that 16, 15, even nine and a half years part of this church, and you go, hey, can you, can you sit and share the gospel with this person? They're like, oh, the, 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 oh, oh, yes. John 3.16, in the beginning God created. You know, like, oh, that's not John 3.16. You know, Here's the thing. Why aren't we? Why aren't we intentional? Right? It's because for some reason, it's not our main. It's not important to us. You know, someone once said to me, I don't know who... Hello? I don't know who I need to be a witness to because I don't have any friends. And, and when that person told me that in my mind, in the most loving, gracious way, and I didn't say this, I just said it in my head, I go... Yeah, figures. You have no self-awareness. But here's the thing. If you're called to be a witness, right? If that's what your main calling in life is meant to be, go and make a friend. Can I tell you, it's not hard to go and be around people 
And it doesn't matter if you're extroverted or introverted, right? There are introverted clubs. Did you know that? There are clubs just for introverted people. I don't know where they are. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not allowed to be a part of that club. As soon as I go into that club, the club disappears, right? You know, there are ways to meet people. You, your workplace and your schools are the first. You know, you can go and join a gym. Do you know why I go to the gym? You know why I'm a member of the greatest gym ever, Alpha Fitness Stratfield? I'm a, I'm a brand ambassador. It's not because I need the exercise. <laughs> I do need the exercise. It's a great place to meet people. I am not apologetic. Alpha Fitness, every single trainer that works at Alpha Fitness in Stratfield is on my radar. I am after them. They are bigger than me, but that does not matter. I want each and every one of them. I want, I want an opportunity to share about Jesus with them. Go join a sport club. Join a basketball team. Join an online forum. Join a hobby club. Go do sewing together with people. Whatever you want to do. Don't tell me, ah, I don't have any friends Go and put yourself in a position where you can be a witness. But here's the beauty of knowing about God's plans is you don't have to be forceful, meaning you don't have to walk in there with a big shirt that says, Jesus saves, you're all going to die, <laughs> right? You don't have to walk in there and go, do you know Jesus? Well, you should. You should today, 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 today. No, we don't need to do that. You know why? We just have to, you just be you. Because at the end of the day, if we believe that if it is God's plan, if we believe that God is control over our universe and over our lives, that you just play your role, you just do your job, and God will do his. One of the Biggest barriers, sadly, one of the biggest barriers for people to believe and trust in Jesus is sadly, sometimes it's the followers of Jesus. It's us. We are sometimes the barriers for other people getting to know Jesus because we don't do a good job. Can I tell you, nobody ever argued their neighbor into heaven. It does not work like that. Nobody ever theologically beat up someone with the Bible so they were like, oh, I am so beat up by everything that you've said in the Bible that I have no choice but to believe. Praise the Lord. It doesn't work like that. You be a witness, meaning use who you are. God has given you gifts, talents, a personality. Use that to be a witness and let God do the transformation. So that's the second thing. Get on board. Secondly, be intentional but not forceful. Thirdly, don't get disappointed. Sometimes when we're actively involved in ministry or missions, actively involved in evangelism and witnessing, depending on the results, we can be highly encouraged or deeply disappointed. Friends, if we believe that God is in control, that this is the plan of God, the plan of God that 2,000 years after Jesus and many years before Jesus, 
that God is in control, right? Even if you find dark places, even if you find rejection, it's okay. Don't be disappointed because God's plan still continues to go. It's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. Just maybe not the way you thought. For me, this is probably the hardest one to accept. Not being disappointed because of the results of people or the results of even salvation. You know, when I was younger, uh, I'm still young now, but when I was younger, I used to get frustrated a lot at ministry, and, and a lot of the leaders here, they would understand that because they were sources of that frustration. <laughs> you know, like, we, we'd have a meeting, right? We'd have a meeting, and, and in my mind, I'm expecting 15, 15 people to turn up to the meeting, and only five come because it's raining, because people are sick, people can't be stuffed, people are going on dates, whatever. And I'd be so disappointed. I'd go back to God and go, God, what's up? What's up with this? Why did you give me all the duds? I'm being completely honest and transparent with you, church. There are some times before chapel, it's <laughs> like, God, I know I can't choose my own sheep, but why'd you give me all the uncommitted ones? Why'd you give me all the ones that don't like to listen to you? Why'd you give me all the rebellious ones? And there were times where I would go home and I'd be so disappointed. I'd be so, like, I'd be so cut up because I'm trying to do the work of God. I'm trying to do good things. I'm telling you, hey, don't do this stupid thing because you're going to get yourself into trouble. And these stupid sheep are like, I don't care. Bah, I don't care. I'll just go, bah, you know. <sighs> And after years and years, my wife is laughing because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. We, we talk about this stuff. <laughs> Don't laugh at the back there. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but there were so many times where literally it would, it would break my heart. Not to the point where I was like, I'm going to leave ministry because I'm, I'm, I'm way too secure for that. <laughs> But I was like, man, this, this is really hard. And I would question God. God, are you sure this is what you want me to do? Because God, if I went into business, I could earn lots of money for you. You know, God, if I became a sports person, probably not going to happen. But, you know, like there are other ways that I could honor you. And God will continue to be like, just continue the path. And in one sense, this church is a part of the story of how God moved in our lives. He just said, keep going. I promise you, 17 years ago, 16 years ago, when I sat down with my first praise leader, Pastor James, who used to, you all think he's like, you know, cut proper now. He used to have hair down to here. He used to like play his little electric guitar and... Oh. Didn't even know how to play guitar, just playing it. I used to have leaders that used to come to church with like just no pants on. Oh, I feel like this is like some healing happening here. You know, trust me, 16 years ago, this is not where I thought God would, where God would bring us. 
And yet, the plan of God continues. Why? Because nothing can stop the plan of God. Doesn't matter how fast it is. Doesn't matter how slow it is. It's okay because God is in control. I just need to be okay doing my part, being me. And that's something that I've learned. Just to learn to be okay with you. Be okay, just me being me. Being able to look in the mirror and going, it is what it is. Can't have everything. You know, you're loud, Steve. You make friends pretty easily. You're 180 centimeters. Be grateful. You know, like I've just got, I've learned that I've just got to be okay with doing what I'm called to do. That's my part. And I've got to be okay and allow God to let, let him do what he's going to do. Because that's his part. Friends, no matter what stands in our way, nothing can stop the plan of God. If we truly believe this, then no matter what happens, no matter how hard life gets, no matter where you are, we are called to live for Christ, be his witnesses to all nations. Hardship, suffering, distraction. You know, there may be times where you might think, I can't do this anymore. And what I would say is, God is still at work in you. God is still at work in your life. So this morning we're reminded that God is greater than us. Once again. Because he is. And his plans are greater. So we need to trust him. Even if we can't understand him. Even if we can't see what's ahead. We trust him. Because he's a good God. Friends, I pray that this morning you would understand the reality of God, that his plans are active. You can't stop the wave, but you can get on. And I pray that we would choose to be a part of the plan of God. Amen. Let's pray.